But at the core of everything, I understand that I'm a fallen, sinful man who's done some really stupid things in my life. And God's grace has been poured upon me. Um, so whenever anybody does anything, they're a fallen, sinful, stupid person. And I just want God's grace to fall upon them. And whatever pain I feel, kind of, it doesn't kind of matter because in the end there's heaven. This episode is part two of an interview with Craig. Before listening to this podcast, I do encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to go back and listen to part one. And we pick up the interview with Craig sharing how he proposed to his wife. Well, I'm a true romantic, (laughs) sky riding, in a balloon, no, Um, Royal National Park, we went for a picnic down at Audley, I'd bought a... I guess back then it was a dollar, little ring out of uh, one of those vendos. <laughs> and I um, pretty much begged. Yeah. <laughs> but she said yes, which was really cool. It's hard to express. Janet and I met in 97. We we had a really, as I said, we had difficulty dating because her parents, mostly her dad, um, just wasn't interested. And he, you know. Was he um, on board by the time you got no. married? Still, I don't think he's still on board yeah. today. Then my brother passed away and she was she was incredible. Like as a human being and as a, a caring, loving person, this person she'd only known 12 months. Um, she just invested so much energy in, into me, into my family, um, the way she served my mum and dad and my brother and sister and my cousins. She, she was just, a, like, you know, I already thought she was incredibly hot and amazingly clever and yeah, but I had to marry her. Like, it, yeah. I remember, because I know it's all a short space of time, but we did this camp after my brother passed away. And I said to the boys at that camp, I've got to marry this girl. Yeah. Like, this, she's the one. If I don't marry her, I'm not getting married. Um, and so, yeah, she said yes. It took a little while to get things organized and, and work things through and, you know, we bought a house and we did a few things like that and, and then we got married and it was, yeah, wasn't as perfect as I thought it was going to be. You know, I'm pretty perfect, so I figured it would just, <laughs> it would just work, but we found our way 21, 21 years a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Going back to your teaching career, how did that start from you? Because now you're a school principal. When yeah. did that start, that progression? We got, so... It, in 90, I've got to get the maths right, 97, um, I was teaching at that school, the department school on the kindergarten class. I um, got a phone call from a friend saying, listen, Craig, I've got this job at William Carey Christian School. Um, you should apply for it. I applied for the job, got the job. Didn't think I had the job. As I left the interview, the principal of the school handed me a couple of books, said, Craig, if we never see each other again, these would be good books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, didn't get that job. Um 
couple of weeks later, I got a phone call offering me the job going, oh, well, maybe that's, you know, the first 27 people <laughs> said no, and I was 28. But I got a job. I went to work there about, that was a 12-month paternity leave position. Ironically, um, Lynn, the girl I was chasing at uni, yeah. it was her maternity leave that I took. Um, she went on to marry Nathan, who was, uh, and we're, we're still mates today. I was in their wedding party. And then um, I transitioned across. The gentleman who was David Jackson, who was the head of the learning support unit, um, approached me to come and work for him the following year when, when she was coming back to work. Um, so I moved into the high school. So I had a sense of the whole school, the K-12 premise of the school, and I really enjoyed it. I went from – it's a great story. I enjoyed it anyway. At the start of um, – the start of well, midway through 97, I was teaching kindergarten. By the start of 99, I was the year 12 year patron. <laughs> so, you know, like I had yeah. this, this total one end of the spectrum to the other yeah. in schools in that sort of 18 months, and I really enjoyed it. So I really enjoyed being at the top end of the school and doing stuff across yeah. um, 7 to 12. I then saw an ad. Oh, that's a really shortening of this thing. One of the things I felt William Carey was missing, and, and maybe I'm wrong, was a chaplain. It, it worked under the premise that every teacher was a Christian, therefore every teacher was a chaplain. Mm-hmm. It still works under that premise, and it's a great school, so maybe I was wrong. Um, no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everybody needs a chaplain. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Um, I um, approached the then principal about chaplaincy, and obviously, being the man I was, I approached him thinking yeah. I should be the chaplain. Um, and he just flat out said no. I didn't have a sense of where I was going to head. Um, I'd been in the learning support unit for 18 months. We were doing some really good stuff, and it was really enjoyable, but yeah. I was starting to need to do something. I'd been a year patron then for... I was, you know, I'd done year 12. I was in the middle of doing the year seven. So you go to year 12, you pick up year seven and follow them through. That was the system there. And it was really, really enjoyable, but I needed something more. We got home from church on on a Sunday night. No, I read the paper Saturday morning and All Saints College in Bathurst was looking for a learning support. Coordinator of Individual Learning was the title. Um, So I jumped, showed it to Janet. I said, ah, you know, I don't think... I can get that job. Like, that'd be cool. I'd always had a sense that we wanted to move bush. Um, we're living in the middle of Campbelltown at the time, which was cool, but I always got the sense we wanted to move bush. But then I got home Sunday night, and a friend of mine, Paul Kitson, was the director of studies at All Saints, and he'd left a message for me to ring him to talk about the job. And he really um, encouraged me to apply. So I did. I got the job, and I was really pumped about the fact that I had the job. Like, it, yeah. it, it seemed like the sort of niche for me. Yeah. I, in my mind, that was probably, okay, we're going to go and live in Bathurst and this will be us because I was building a – they had nothing in that role. There was no gifted program. There was no learning support program in the school. It was really old school. And so I was going to build from the ground up. And I was started – we literally started the day after the Paralympics closed in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was the year 2000. The Olympics had just finished. The whole world was awesome and I was going to – build that for what I you know I was 30 so I felt like for the rest of my career but Dr Tim Wright who's the principal of the school at the time after about 12 months maybe 18 months said to me Craig we need Christian men to be leaders in schools Um, you're a Christian man you can lead do the maths he said the one problem you have is you want everyone to like you you've got to get over that Mm because not everyone's going to like you are you over that? no being a boss now, 
What are some things that you've picked up or learned along the way? How, how, how do you be a faithful Christian and a good but true boss in your workplace as well? There must be a balance at times. Yeah. For all the crap that I talk, I'm a pretty simple bloke. I'm good at maths. Like, I'm good at maths. I'm good at coming up with big ideas. But I'm not, I'm not a genius like some of the people I know. And so I know in leading a school, despite the many competing, and schools are so complex, there are so many competing you know, business terms, so many competing stakeholders. You've got the different educational authorities in our sense. We've got group office in Sydney, parents, kids, um, universities, business people, staff. So there's all these stakeholders and you're trying to plot a path that keeps everyone least unhappy or yeah. as happy as they can be. And so as I've, as I've tried to lead a school, I, I, have, I have one goal, and that is the best possible outcome for the kids. Mm-hmm. And so every decision I make, I try and make it on what's the best possible outcome for the kids. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, I have to, somebody's going to miss out. Mm-hmm. With so many different stakeholders, every decision I make is going to make yeah. somebody upset. If I put money here, then the people here are going to be unhappy. If I structure it this way, then somebody here is going to be yeah, unhappy. Yeah, yeah. If I have to restructure and somebody has to lose their job, I devastate yeah. someone. Like they're, they're difficult yeah. conversations to have. Um, and you see that on a much larger scale, like just looking at politics and whatever side of politics yeah. you're on, you just, there's just times whatever decision that some, that person in charge makes, whether they're left or right or somewhere in yeah. the middle, there's people that are happy with that decision and there's people that are unhappy. That's right. And, and the reality is in leadership, there are some people... There's even more than that, right? You've got you're happy, unhappy, but then you've got your people who are unhappy, not because of the decision, but because you made it, yeah. right? So if you're the one that makes the decision, it must be wrong, even yeah. though they believe in the decision, <laughs> right? Um, and and that's that's where we've gotten to in the world today. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, so when you take on the headship of a school, you know that. You don't know properly until you do it, but you know it. Yeah. You know that's what you're heading into. Yeah. Um, and so you've got to have a really good reason to be a principal. Like, oh, oh, I got the gift of the gab, but I could um, I could work half as much time and earn more money, or I could work the same time and earn a lot more money if money was the driver. I could. So you've got to have a real reason to to be a school principal, and then you've got to know you're going to get bashed, and you get bashed, you get bashed every day, and and you've just got to be able to cop it. And yeah. cope with it. So, what have you found helpful in responding to criticism and getting over it? When I work that out, yeah. I will let you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I keep coming back to the fact that I know what I'm there to do. Uh, if the criticism is about not me, me not doing something and me not doing something right for the teachers, but I think it's right for the kids, I'm okay with that. If me upsetting the bureaucracy, but it's the right thing for the kids, I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. If what I'm doing isn't right for the kids, then I, then I'm not okay with that. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's the simplicity of being me. That's in my mind. It comes back to that. So how do I maximise good teachers, great teachers? How do I maximise? great Christian people and that not necessarily always the same thing mm-hmm. in our context. And how do I do it in a way that kids are going to get to where they need to 
and they're so different. You, know, you look at any five kids in a row, and there'll be five different outcomes you need to achieve yeah. for those kids. I look at my own kids. We've got three kids, and they're all so different and yeah. very different needs and very different um, personalities and yeah. motivations and things like that. So. And so you do it within a limited budget, yeah. within a limited structure, and you just got to do the best you can. Mm. Um, so I, I think there's some stuff that just rips and you just don't get over. Mm. And you, um, A friend of mine tells the story of, of how in life you've got a, dart, a dartboard and you throw a dart and when it hits, it hurts. Um, and there are some darts you don't go in too far, so you pull them out and you, you can't see the hole. And there are other darts that go really deep. And you pull them out, and there's there's a hole, and the hole's not going anywhere. That's kind of how it works. I have some really really close friends um, who I talk to. I have an incredible wife, as I've said before, and great kids. But at the core of everything, I understand that I'm a fallen, sinful man who's done some really stupid things in my life, and God's grace has been poured upon me. Um, so whenever anybody does anything, they're a fallen, sinful, stupid person. And I just want God's grace to fall upon them. And whatever pain I feel, kind of, it doesn't kind of matter because in the end there's heaven. And whatever pain I feel is, I don't know, like I felt, whatever pain I feel now doesn't match the morning I found my brother dead. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's a really simplistic statement, mm-hmm. but everything has a has its place. It has its yeah. You know, there were times in the when when the AIDS epidemic was rushing through Africa, where one person in every household was going to die. Like, you got to have perspective in yeah. life, and if you can have perspective, everything fits. In the individual moment at that individual time, when I'm sitting down telling somebody I'm sorry, I've got to take a job. That's massive, and I have massive empathy for that person at that time. And I'll do all I can to, to support them and, and work with them. But in the end, my goal has to be creating the best school I possibly can for the young people who come to our school so that more will come and more will hear the gospel. Yeah. That has to be what I do. Yeah. Otherwise, I may as well go and run a church. Not that that's a negative thing, or go and sell used cars and make millions of dollars so I can help run the church. Like whatever it is, my aim has to be people hearing the gospel. to the little picture podcast if you liked what you heard please subscribe and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on Uh, also check out our facebook page and like and follow us there Uh, here at the little picture we are all about hearing the stories of ordinary christians as they serve an extraordinary god until next time goodbye